the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. It's Sustain Nutrition, Chewing the Fat podcast, episode number 81 just my age another fantastic client call where we are talking about the joy of failure that's right i said the joy of failure failure is something that we see our clients struggle with worry about you know it can even prevent them from getting started so obviously they're not clients but it can stop people even getting started on their fat loss journey this irrational fear of failure and that's what we address in this very podcast why you should embrace failure, how to look at it differently, why it's just so exciting, why it's so important. There's a strange disconnect between real life and dieting for fat loss for some reason. And this is what we address in this podcast. So as always, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, share it on your socials, spread the good word. James and Joe are back in town. Enjoy the podcast. Right, what are we talking about? We're talking about, Joe, today, on this very podcast slash recording slash client call, the joy of failure. I want to spin on his head because I'm fucking pig sick of people, <laughs> for some reason, not expecting to have odd mishaps when they're dieting. I'm not going to say failing. You know, we're, you've got that old fucking adage, haven't you, of like, you only fail when you stop trying but it's just, it blows my mind, blows my mind, Joe, what's left of it, um, that people apply an attitude to dieting, particularly fat loss, that would be completely irrational in any other aspect of their life. You can go on a diet and you can make one small mistake and you just fucking quit. What's the fucking point? Imagine going on, you know, you right, I really want to learn to drive. And you stall and you just go, right, that's it. Under your seatbelt, get out of the car and fucking walk home. And you go, I'm never having a lesson ever again. It would never happen. You know, you go to learn fucking Spanish and you get a fucking pronoun wrong. You go, oh, that's it. I'm done. I just guess I'm destined not to speak Spanish. It just fucking, it's just nuts. And it just uh, gets on my tits. <laughs> you, said, you said the F word eight times there. So if you're really back in a tiny bit, that'd be good. Um, think, yeah, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just expect to, I'm not going to say F up, expect to mess up. It's going to happen, but it's exciting. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next 30 minutes. Cool. I think my my tweak on this then is that is the optimal approach. And I think that I, because I said to you, what should we do the podcast on? You said the joy of failure. And then I did my usual thing of saying, yeah, great idea. And then tweaking it to what I wanted to do anyway. Of that, Taking the joy of failure is an optimal approach. And often the people who 
will struggle with this stuff the most, who will really break themselves down for, for failing, will that will be almost too much of a removed concept. And I think that just taking something from a failure, you know, this has to be on a scale. If, if someone can take a load of positives from it and to look at this as, you know, not only not a bad thing, but a good thing, then that's great. But that's a big step for people. And that's kind of an end goal. And I think if we can just move away from this fear of failure or being paralyzed by failure, or even just looking at this and analyzing it. And I read something interesting the other day and he was, he was saying that, They've done lots of studies on all these different kinds of therapies and all the different quality of therapy, whether you look at the most expensive to you know the cheapest. And actually, it all works and it all works to roughly the same degree. And he's saying that so much of this is because and he then looked at the, the parallels between therapy and journaling and meditation. And it's all just changing the perspective rather than looking at your problems, taking a step back from it. And I think that the place to start this for a lot of people is what is your definition of failure? is how can how would your fat loss be a failure and i would say for me it would be you know my goal is to is to my primary goal is to look good and my second one is health so how can i fail to look good well you know if i get to 40 or 50 or 60 and i haven't ticked that box there's all you know every day is a new day and a chance to improve and i think that this is what people kind of miss is that you can't undo where you've gone before whether you are you know 28 or 82 you can only work with what you've got and you still haven't failed because you've still got a chance to do better. And yet you might have wasted a fair wedge of time. One of my clients said to me once, I've wasted my adult life being unhappy with how I look. And she kind of went, oh, well, I've not wasted it. And then she said, well, actually, you know, I, in some aspects I have, like I've done a good job as a mother. I've done a good job in my career. I've done an appalling job of making myself feel good and looking after my health. But she hasn't failed at it. She's just not succeeded yet. And the two things are very, very different. And I think that people are so like failure is when it ends and everyone, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're on a diet plan, it's not nearly ending, you know, it's nearly the end when you're in your hospital bed, you know, and then it's definitely too late. And then, you know, you can turn around and say, do you know what? I failed in looking after myself. But if you, you know, this, you have so many opportunities and options and chances to turn these things around, that that's where you just need to focus in it yeah. rather than being, sorry, last bit being paralyzed by <laughs> shut up <laughs> i'll mute you I, I was tempted earlier to mute you rather than looking at this you know possible failure and not achieving something we just need to look at, at what's possible and if that is you know turning one month life expectancy into two then that's then that's a success yeah i think that's i think one of the things you see is just people putting massive like undue amounts of pressure on themselves to have this perfect approach to have this flawless approach which is fucking nonsense because i mess up you mess up everyone messes up i'm sure we'll talk about those messing up going on but yeah that that idea of failure kind of suggests that there's a there's always going to be a start point you know when you start your diet or when you start your journey whatever it is but there isn't an end point you know it's not a and this one again that it's not a game of football you know what i mean there's not like a half time then a full time that's it so you just keep on progressing. Like you said, you know, it's never too late to make positive changes. But obviously we need to realise the quicker we start making these changes, then the more it's going to pay off in later life. You know, I spoke to one of my clients who's absolutely smashing. In fact, she was on one of the videos the other day, Tracy, who's kind of, you know, and the, the kind of key point I wanted to get across, she's spent years and fortune and money gaining and losing the same uh, stone, I think it was. And now she's 
already the lightest that she's been in eight years' time. She's only halfway through a coaching. And then I was making sure that I tagged her in a post, and I noticed that she'd been in our group since 2017. Now, obviously, it's fucking fantastic what she's already done. Dropped an F-bomb there. Um, but it's just a shame that she, you know, she could have started you know, three years ago. But the fact is that she's on a journey now, so that's the massive positive. But yeah, I think that just the idea of like failure just suggests that like if I've not done this by this time, then I'm a failure. And you know, you can't, you know, we're we're very keen on setting, you know, smart goals and having deadlines to kind of force a bit of urgency for people. But you can't always move the goalposts. You're always going to be a work in progress. You know, just like you know, the business stuff. Like, and again, you know, going back to that idea, that mentality that people have with fat loss, like it's just, you know, I hate to say it, very kind of all or nothing, this kind of finite mentality is things can always evolve. You think of all the stuff that we've done, that we've tried, we've sustained. And if we took any of those as a failure and just went, well, that didn't work. So best get a new job, best start a new business. Man, that happened after like the second month or something. I think the first month we made like a thousand pounds. We were like, oh my God, this is amazing. That was the best, that was the best month we had for the next eight, I think, if I remember rightly, you know, it was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't make anything until September, I think, then. But again, you know, kind of talking about failures. So we're quite open about kind of our business and stuff like that. Is we had that, you know, nine months of making nothing or making like two hundred quid between two of us, and then we had that massive explosion of growth, and then we took on a lot of coaches. So we made you know a decent amount of money, didn't we? Sadly, you know, yes. Yeah, towards the end of the year, and then we took on a lot of coaches, and guess what? We fucking blew it all on paying wages because we couldn't support the amount of clients that we needed to support the business model we had. So is that a massive failure? Well, yes. Joe's <laughs> <laughs> obviously the money's man. I say no, because we learn from it. Because now, you know, now we have coaches again, but we've completely changed the business model. So that will never happen again. So that's kind of the point I wanted to get across is like, one, you need to expect that you're going to mess up. There's going to be what you might class as a failure. You're going to slip up. You're going to have a bad meal or a bad weekend or a bad week even you know what I mean but if you learn from that then is that really a failure if you develop from that you know again you know look at this this idea is I imagine everyone who's going to listen to this or watch it or however you you view it odds of you being in a relationship still with the first person that you ever dated are pretty slim because you know you go through different relationships and different relationships don't work but you learn from it, you grow from it. You might go out with a real dickhead. You know, I'm sure if any of Joe's exes are listening to this. Totally <laughs> <laughs> joking. I know Chris is there. Um, and you just go, I'm fucking never letting that happen again. You know, I've had some crap relationships. And you're just like, I'm never letting that happen again. And it changes you. You know, it changes what you're willing to accept, you know, what you're going to look for in, you know, certain relationships, in certain people, what certain traits. And again, it's just, it's never a failure. It's just, you're learning, you're just expanding. You know, it's, that's why I say it's exciting that, you know, the joy of failure is that doesn't work. That approach did not work. That person is not right for me. Now I can move on. I know that now I've eliminated that. You know, almost like if you're going around a maze, fucking the labyrinth looking for David Bowie in his obscene tights in labyrinth. You know, watch it recently. Don't watch it again. Joe's not seen it. It's too young. Everyone else knows. Everyone else knows about David Bowie's or Bowie's packet in Labyrinth. Anyway, you know, you go down a certain route, that's a dead end. Eliminate that one. Go on to the next one. That's a dead end. Eliminate that one until eventually you make it to the center of the maze and free Toby. 
That's the baby from Labyrinth, Joe. Um, got to educate him somehow. So that's it again, you know, like the point of the call, you know, I think I said, no, no, I woke up at like, like midnight with Magnus crying, shocker. Um, and that's what I thought, right, let's do this, kind of the joy of failure is every time you mess up, that's exciting because that is a chance for you to eliminate something that doesn't work. It's your chance to go, right, that didn't work. What next? That didn't work. No, it's not. That didn't work. I'm going to sit down. What's the point? It's right. That didn't work. What am I going to try next time? Or why didn't that work? What can I change about that? What can I tweak about that approach? What do I need to do different? And it's just that chance to grow. And again, you know, I would say it's only a failure if you don't grow from it, if you don't learn from it. You know, if me and Joe, you know, now we're getting busier again, took on staff again and used the exact same business model, guess what's going to happen? The exact same shit. But we've developed from that. You know, we've grown from that. Like, all right, that really didn't work. <laughs> Let's never do that again. So that's I think, my call. I think one thing that, that is, is worth keeping an eye on as well is if you look at kind of dieting industry and fitness industry is so often people go in, like you said, with these kind of these start and end goals and say, right, when I get to there, I've not got there, right, I've failed. And actually, it's all well and good. And I think I quite like having time frame goals. One of the reasons that we incorporated the 28 day challenge is because it really works is because you can have clients who are going through a process and then you can say, right, on Monday, it's day one and 28 days from then is the end of the 28 day challenge. And then out of nowhere, in the nicest way, all of these clients who are just muddling along, pulled their finger out, tried really hard and got really good results because you put a day on it. So then the question is, how do you use that to your advantage and how do you make that work longer term? And you know, the answer for me is you either do that repeatedly or you do it over a longer time frame. And one of the things I, one of the analogies I kind of spew out is that fat loss isn't like a work of art. You don't finish it and hang it on the wall and enjoy it forever with no effort. It's like a garden or an allotment. You put the work in, it looks good. It gives you a reward. You keep putting the work in. You keep de-weeding it. You keep planting your seeds. You keep putting your compost down. It just gets easier. It's easier to maintain than it is to leave for six months and come back to. And I think that one of the things that I said to this to a lady the other day, and she adopted it brilliantly. And I said, you know, your goal is, I think she's kind of, I think she's 36. Said, you know, I imagine that you want another 44 years on this planet. Let's at least, let's say, get to 80 as a minimum. So therefore, that is, you know, what's the maths on that? Or, you know, nearly 600 months. It says, so you're actually, you've done six months, you've hit your goal, brilliant. You're 1% of the way there. You've actually done part A. You know, you've gotten to A. Here's B. Actually, it's a tiny percentage. Your goal isn't just to get there. Your goal is to stay there. No one does sustain to do a photo shoot. People do them for, you know, uh, for, for weddings and events and stuff. But normally, it's people who want to lose weight and keep it off. So you have to look long term. Where's the end goal? Where do you want to get to? You know, I was saying that my goal is vanity. And I imagine that I'll probably have that element of vanity until the day I die. There's also the part of me that wants to live as long as possible. One of the things that you've always said that's resonated with me is about your two grands and how one of them was in really good physical shape and was able to enjoy her life and the other one wasn't. And I think that's kind of, that will at some point catch up with my vanity. And it's, but it's, you know, it's in my mind at the moment and I want to be able to get to that point when I'm 80. So at the moment, you know, I'm happy with my shape. I'm eating well consistently. That's 50 years away, you know, so I have to keep working this. So I, I don't fail ever. Until, until that clock runs out, if that's my goal. And I think that people are so quick to look at fat loss as a work of art, that you finish, that you achieve, that it's a box ticked. You know, this isn't 
painting a picture. This is something that has ramifications across your whole life. And I think one of the other things that is, I was speaking to my brother about this the other day, is that people hide away from how important this is to them. And that, you know, we've talked about this when you're trying to motivate clients and say, you know, grab your fattest bit. How do you feel? How do you feel when you look in the mirror? When is your life not as good as it could be? And it's painful stuff. It's, it really is when you read some stuff people give you. And it should be because it, that's what's going to motivate you. And I think that that's where people need to hold on to sometimes in order to be successful. Because otherwise they kind of muddle their way through. They don't put the effort in. They're not happy with the results. They don't adjust the process. They keep doing the same things. They keep walking around that maze. And then they're not happy and they're wondering why. It's just as cut and dry as making the adjustments that you need to. No one wants to make them. No one wants to have to try harder. No one wants to have to put more effort in, but that's just how it works. And I think that to bring that back to kind of this, this joy of failure is that you just have to take everything in your stride and have that, you know, that attitude of I'm going to work on this. I'm going to, you know, keep working on this as a project and look at it as look at it as that yeah i think going into like you said looking at the bigger picture of things like it's great to have that short-term focus like you said you know and i think i put it as a small caveat like we do get people to set time-related goals because like you said they are so motivating it's so good to have that deadline i know amy who's listening now we said to her she has to post her after photos at the end of january because that's enough leverage to keep her on track to think, oh, do I really want to have that mince pie? Take the top off, put some blue cheese on it, put the top back on, microwave it for 12 seconds. I thought you meant take, I thought you meant take her top off and put some blue cheese on. Like, what are you talking about? Whatever, she might set up on OnlyFans. Um, Cheesytops.com. Um, you know, but again, I was saying, like, it's okay to move the goalpost. So if I go, right, 28-day smart goal, you know, like we get them all the time from people like I want to lose seven pounds. Okay. Now, if I lose five pounds, am I going to feel like a failure? And that's why we're quite fan. You know, I know we both do kind of like, this is a stretch goal to lose seven pounds in, in a month. That's a lot of weight. What would you actually be happy with? What's the minimum amount that you're happy with? Well, I'd be happy with three pounds, four pounds. And it gives you that bit of wiggle room because you don't want to say seven pounds and then you lose five. Like I'm fucking really disappointed. I'm a massive failure. Like you have lost five pounds you are five pounds lighter than you were four weeks ago that's a positive outcome because no matter what you do you're going to get an outcome now is that always going to be the outcome that you want no but again with that you know positive attitude towards failure then you can learn what goes on because guess what if you start a 28 day challenge our, our very famous 28 day fatless challenge or consistent christmas coming up and you not so much consistent christmas but if you set your 28 days um, fatless challenge and you set a target, I want to lose six pounds in 28 days. That's my goal. That's my 28 days for my goal, six pounds. And you lose nothing. And that's because you didn't engage with it. You didn't do any of the mindset stuff. You didn't change your food. You didn't change your beliefs. You didn't do any of the habit stuff that we asked you to do. And guess what needs to change? You've got an outcome of F all because you put F all in. So then you go, right, I'm going to do another 28 day challenge. And I'm actually going to engage with it and then see what happens. So just learning, right? I now know that if I don't engage with this and I don't do anything, I don't get the result. So just constantly learning and reviewing again. You know, you apply it to anything, relationships, business, parenting, whatever it is. You just look at what went wrong. What went wrong? What do I need to, I need to approach that differently. And it's not a bad thing. It's how we learn, isn't it? It's, you know, 
look at monkeys trying to crack nuts. You know, they're going to try a few things. I'm just going to go once go, well, that didn't work. Guess I'm not eating the nuts. All right, what else are they? I'm going to try this stick. I'm going to try this rock. Compare myself to an air. One of, one of the things you said there that I really liked was, you know, and you see this so often as people set themselves a goal of seven pounds, they lose five, and then they view that as a failure. But it's like, nuts. look at what, what, what's the grand scheme of where you want to get to. Grand, your grand goal is say lose two stone 28 pounds but you've taken a big step forward there that is five pounds of your goal you know i did um i did some rowing the other week and i got um i got a pb i got a personal best i was five and a half seconds closer to where i wanted to be and i was absolutely on my ass and i'm still 24 seconds away from where i want to be and i just and you know i just didn't i had no more in me i might have got another if you put a gun to my head I might have done another half a second faster I worked it's something like I'm 20% of the way to my goal it feels like that impossible mountain like how the hell am I going to do that like there's a bloke out there who can row what I want to row he can get off the rower have a drink and walk out the door and I'm still rowing it just feels like an impossible task but it's and if I look at it as all that I have to continue and how and what I've not achieved that is such a negative way to look at it and obviously I had a little bit of that but then I kind of took a step back I've been doing this for six months I've made a 20% improvement on where I was. So if I continue to apply those principles, then I'll be successful. I might not be, but I'll try my very best. And I think that's, that's it's trying to look at certain things as open-ended. And when people look at these things as cut and dry, success or failure, it's never going to be as good as you want. You've never done it as fast as you like. And people are so quick to move the goalposts. I had a lady the other week, she plateaued for a few weeks. She lost four pounds and she said, I reckon it's about a pound and a half of fat. And you just think you've just had this brilliant result. Be happy about it. You've just done so well. You've done really well over the course of the whole plan. And you've just kind of taken the gloss off it. You know, if one of your kids came home and said, I got an A star, you wouldn't say, it's because I helped you do your homework. You'd have probably got a C. You know, so why would you do that with yourself? And I think it's so interesting the way that people talk to themselves. And, you know, this whole thing, if one of your friends said, oh, I've lost five pounds last month, but I went to lose seven, you wouldn't go, Nice one, you fat failure. You might as well stop now. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> yeah. God, did you even try? You know, so why the hell are we doing it? To, like, why do we people do it to themselves? It's, it's, and I think that's, back to the point I said at the start about therapy being useful, journaling being useful, is it just helps us to examine our actions a little bit more. You know, if you write down how your day's gone and you then look back at it and say, I lost five pounds this month, you'd probably go, that was a really good month. I should have, you know, I should have continued doing what I did there rather than giving up you know and so often when people are on this precipice of giving in you know and, and i know that you're the same as me and you'll cling on with people and you fight with them and you're desperate for them to keep going like you paid for this don't waste your money you're doing really well i know it's hard and you know three times out of five whatever it is people just kind of slip off into the distance and then eventually come back and it's that's the time you've got to work you know it's the same thing when people are saying i've had a crap weekend i'm not going to log it like that's the one you need to log don't log Monday to Friday when it's on plan. This is when you go to work, you know, when stuff isn't working. You know, if Sustain had just grown and grown and grown and that period where we'd done really well, we wouldn't have had to assess it. But it was the fact that it didn't work meant, okay, we've got a chance to learn here so that doesn't happen again so we can do better. And it's just accepting this is like, this is how life is. Life is a challenge. You know, there are always going to be these obstacles to overcome. And you read any good story, someone's overcome a big obstacle, you don't hear about someone who just, you know, they bought one stock in something and it made them a billion pounds and that was it, end of story. It's just not how it works. No, and I think that's, um, particularly with the coaching, 
like you said, that kind of really hits home for me is that when people, and, and it's understandable because everyone wants praise, you know, everyone wants to feel good and everyone wants that pat on the back. This is a great day. You know, awesome food choices. Love your breakfast, love your lunch, love your dinner. Great work on the snacks. You know, smashed your water. Really, really sensible. Love that. But it's not, it's not worthless because obviously those days consistently are the ones that you get results. But as a coach, they're not really the ones that I'm interested in. You know, everyone, you know, bar a few things. Let's talk about fucking broccoli bread or energy balls knows what a good day looks like and knows what a bad day looks like. You know, they know the foods that they should be eating more of and they're well aware of the foods that they should moderate and restrict. And it's that idea that I've had a bad weekend or this yesterday was a write-off. I don't even want to talk about it. That's where the value is. Those what you would class as a failure. You, you feel you failed at the weekend dieting. That's what we need to look at. That's what we need to learn from. And again, the, the whole point of this talk is like that's where you grow that's what you need to fix because it's those things those things that you deem as failures are the things that have been holding you back all the time it's not the five days that you ate really well you know it's not the five days that you had scrambled eggs and tomatoes and turkey bacon delicious it's not that it's whatever's going on the weekend and that's why you need to face up to it and go right i messed up why do i think that happened what can I do different next time? How am I going to prevent this? What's the easiest way possible for me to stick to how I want to eat over a weekend? Well, let's break down what the problems are. I lack of structure. I feel like I deserve a treat. I just want to wind down. I don't really want to think about things. Cool. So let's set some mini process-based goals for a weekend, right? I have to eat three meals per day. I'm going to, you know, have my lunch prepped. I'm going to plan my dinner. I'm already going to have that food in so I can get it, you know, it's the, the least amount of friction possibly. I had a client just today, well, it was yesterday. She's like, look, I think it was Wednesday's going to be, oh, no, Thursday or something like that. It's going to be a bit of a, a tricky day for me. I'm working from home all day, so I'll be in the kitchen. I'm going to be really close to my food choices. It's like, okay, can you maybe just have your, you know, normal breakfast, then already have your lunch prepped, have two snacks prepped, have your dinner ready to go, and not work in the kitchen. So she's moving herself out of that. That, you know, already she's put it in a sticky situation. She's like, yeah, I can work in the spare bedroom. I can do that. Perfect. Let's try that. And you know what? It might not work. You might get bored at two o'clock and you might go down and eat 10 Jaffa cakes. But at least we've tried something. Then we look back at it and we go, okay, let's put the Jaffa cakes right on the top shelf or somewhere where you can't see them. Let's try that. And then you just keep on evolving from that. But if you just go, if she'd have just gone, yesterday was a write-off, didn't work. Or, you know, just really struggled. It's just learning from these mistakes and just evolving as a person. Again, it's just learning your skills, isn't it? You know, no one goes in to do Olympic lifting or kettlebell training or, you know, martial arts and just goes, well, I'm a black belt. You know what I mean? You go into your first lesson, you expect to make mistakes, you expect to get punched in the face. This knows his testament to that. Um, but again, it's just with fat loss, people think, well, I've paid my money, I'm going to get coached, I'm going to absolutely ace every single day, every single point you know every single meal is going to be perfect like you don't go and expect to throw every single perfect punch every single kick you go with that white belt mentality i'm here to learn tweak my technique how's this how's that um yeah i just think it's that weird disconnect and it only seems to apply with kind of nutrition and mainly fat loss this absolute kind of all or nothing finite 
if I don't do 100% perfect, then I've failed, I might as well quit. And it just doesn't happen. You know, it'd be ridiculous. Like I said, you went to a Spanish class and you got one thing wrong and it's like, well, guess I was. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bonsoir. Oh, no, that's French. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It just, it just sends me a bit crazy. So Joe's just written and you, you talk, Joe. I'll read what Joe said. Cool. I was going to say um, an interesting thing that would certainly help people to, to navigate this stuff better as well. I was just thinking as you were talking then, obviously thinking about what I wanted to say. Well, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Holding my breath, waiting to talk, is how responsive are you to criticism? And it's a very interesting thing is that, you know, being a coach is essentially criticizing people. It's finding the things they're doing wrong and helping them do them better. And I think a lot of the time people come into this expecting to get unadulterated praise, expecting people to say, do you know what? This is better than you ate last weekend, so that is good enough. Or you're doing better than you did before, so I'm happy with that. So, you know, someone comes in, they normally have three glasses of wine, they have one. And then, you know, as a coach, you say, you could, could you try gin and tonic? Or, you know, is there a reason that you're having this wine? And people come back with, well, it's better than it was. So the immediate thing for me there is, is that my fault as a coach? Or is that someone being overly sensitive to criticism? Well, there's always ways to soften your message as a coach. But ultimately, people need to be, you know, reactive to criticism. And you need to take this from, from where it's meant. Is ultimately, me and James are paid to be nutrition coaches. We enjoy our jobs. We love seeing people do well. So I want to see someone lose as much weight as possible and come around and say, sustain was brilliant. I feel so happy. I'm really glad where I'm at. I don't want someone to get to the end of the process and say, I've not lost any weight, not achieved my goals, but Joe made me feel really good every day and not think about my problems, not doing my job there. And so often what people need to do is to engage in that criticism, you know, take a deep breath, wind your neck in a bit, and then have a think about it. I spoke to a, our old mentor yesterday, Nigel, you're like this, James. And he was saying he asked for some user feedback and someone absolutely ripped his stuff to bits. And he said he printed it out and he said he threw it on the floor when he was reading it through. And he, he went for a walk and he kind of <laughs> he came back and picked it up off the floor and read it and went, there's some really useful stuff in there. No one likes criticism. Everyone wants to be told what they're doing is brilliant and that there's nothing else differently they could do. I was saying about this when we've, we've used copywriters before or people, you know, you hand in a bit of writing that you think is really good. And someone who's better than, you, than us at it rips it to bits. And you just think, oh, I thought that writing was really good. But you get a better piece of writing at the end of it. You know, and this is just how improvement works. I think people look at people who are successful. It's, I've heard this before about Barack Obama. You look at Barack Obama and you think he's got everything. He's got the charisma. He can talk. He's educated. He's polite. He probably has coaches in all of those areas. Now, some of them will be skills that he just naturally has there'll be traits to do with his personality but some of the mistakes some of the things that people have taught him to do is taught him to speak well it's taught him to deliver these things taught him body language psychology whatever it's going to be you know and you just need to to look at the skills that you're missing and rather than get get feel criticized and feel attacked and feel like this is someone having a go at you because this is someone trying to help you and that if you're having a weekend off plan you know you haven't failed you're just on a journey you're on a learning process if you have a coach then use them this is the time i want you to send me a massive message about why you're struggling so we can work through it i think that that's the best way that people can approach these things to be successful yeah 100 
Oh, feedback. So I'm just going to read what Joe's put. So she thinks she's on her 11th week now. Um, she's lost every week, even if only, I can't believe you said only, quarter of a pound. Nice one, Joe. I'm only just getting close to my goal every single week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I know there'll be a week where I won't lose and I'm slightly dreading that. And that, I think that's a very common one. You, know, you see that with the, the kind of plateau. I'm actually speaking to uh, Johnny, my mate, who's coaching me. And he said he's had people before who've lost weight, you know, every single week and then plateaued once and just go, right, this doesn't work. I quit. And when you see people who've like done like, yeah, like, Lost weight, lost weight, lost weight, lost weight, plateau. This doesn't work. Like, it's been working for 11 weeks. Like, yeah, what, are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, you know, a plateau is never a sign of a failure. It's never a sign to stop. It's just a sign like, oh, right, we need to adjust something now. That's it. You know, like, again, you know, if, if you never plateau or whatever, then people would just continuously lose weight. It's like, you know, gaining strength. If every single week you put, you know, two kilos onto your deadlift or your bench press, then everyone would be bench pressing 500 kilos or, you know, a thousand kilos or whatever it is. It's just a sign to adjust it, just to go, right, what do I need to change then? It's never a sign like, it's just what I'm doing right now is not working. So I need to slightly adjust my approach. That's it. Not, certainly not, let me just regress back to where I was. And just on a, you know, on a slight segue to pick up on what you said before is, you know, people have this kind of finite, my diet ends here. But then you need like an exit strategy. I talked about this in kind of like the the podcast I did about my transformation. The talk thing is like you can't just then go back to what you were doing before because guess what? You'll just go back to where you were before. You want to keep doing the things that have brought you success. Now, you can ease off the gas a little bit, obviously, but you probably want to keep on tracking your food. You probably want to make sure your protein intake's high. You probably want to keep on eating vegetables. You probably want to keep a sensible handle on the amount of treats and higher calorie foods that you have it. Now, obviously, you can ease off a little bit, but then just to go, ah, I've finished now. That's it. I'm just going to go back to eating what I used to do. Like, you know, on a, on a short scale thing, it's like when people do the shake diet, it's like, I'm scratching my head for anyone who's listening. Like, how do you think this is going to work? You stop eating food for two weeks and then you lose a stone and then your body just goes, no, I've got all really good habits and a great relationship with food now. Like, no, <laughs> like unless you just want to, unless you're a wrestler and you're weighing in for a, an event, it sounds pretty useless to me. But um, yeah, it's just nuts. So do, just going back to Joe, she says, uh, she reckons this is the fifth time working with sustain and every other time I didn't put in the work. This time at last, I'm so, so glad. Um, I didn't think I was a failure from not keep trying. So yeah, bang on again, you know, we do have people who return. One of my clients asking, she's like, am I the only person who returns? Like, no, because some people are just not in that right headspace to engage. But they come back because they know that what we do works. You know, that they know that the issue is not going to be solved by a meal plan. It's not going to be solved by a macro target. It's not going to be solved by just cutting out carbohydrates from the bird. It's not going to be solved by, you know, going keto. It's going to be what's going on between your ears you know what what is the relationship that you have with food choices what is your mindset when you do mess up you know all these things that we look to address with the one-to-one coaching so thank you for coming back joe and kicking ass but if you disappear one week when you don't lose weight me and joe are gonna turn up and the, the live call will be coming from your house <laughs> 
Surprise! That's, that's that's such a good point there, and I think that you know you said there about people being ready to change, and that fits in nice with the stuff I said about criticism. Is like, are you willing to to look internally at what you're not doing right? The thing I I was I knew that you were kind of going off on one there, and that you said every other time I didn't put in the work, and I had someone uh, complain about me the other day, and the the message just basically said, here's all the reasons I can't do it, and here's all the things you've done wrong. There was nothing in there that said, I haven't done this or what I could have done is this. And, you know, it's just one of those sometimes where it wasn't the time for me to write back and say, I can't help but notice that you've not said I did this wrong. But that's the point you've got to get to is what, you know, if the system isn't working, then that's fine. You know, if it doesn't work, then that's, that's cool. But I know hand on heart that for 98% of people who follow what we do, it does work. And then you've got to look at what's the missing ingredient. I was going to do a video along the lines of, you know, two words to help you lose fat, do more, whatever you're doing, look at what else you can do. What steps can you take forward? And I think that, you know, engaging in the mindset piece is massive. And obviously we've adjusted that over the last kind of six to nine months with the affirmation stuff and factoring that into the process now and getting people to think more on these things. And I think that I, people, I've had a few people say to me, you must get sick of coaching me. Like, not at all. The only time I get sick of anyone is when I'm messaging, asking questions and I'm not getting answers back. The only thing I want is people to engage, whether they are losing three pounds a week or they've lost three pounds in 12 months. If you're engaging in the process and you're trying, I can't knock that. I remember my, my brother used to train recruits in the army and he said, I don't care if you're the fittest. I want to work with people who are working the hardest. So even if you're at the back, then you're a pleasure to work with if you're busting a gut. If you're at the front and you're coasting, I'm not really, it's not that I'm not interested, but that's not as not as enjoyable. I the only one of the only people I've stopped coaching was a lady who just didn't watch any of the videos and didn't answer any of my questions. So she was eating really well, wasn't engaging any of it. I just said, I don't think this process is for you. Because it just wasn't giving me anything. I wasn't helping her, you know, I wasn't getting any satisfaction from my job. And I think this is the thing. You just have to keep trying, whether it comes to you quickly or, you know, whether you're listening to this podcast that it's 2025 and sustained been going for 10 years, you know, if you keep trying, then it will be. Yeah, James is dead, yeah. <laughs> this is the anniversary edition. <laughs> we can be on the grave. You know, I think that's that's the key thing for me. You know, just keep trying. I love what you said there. You know, so, and you also said you liked my analogy, so massive brownie points for that. But um, yeah, just to go back, because I just remembered, hack back to what you were saying about that when people have gone about this kind of this better than before. And, you know, we will begin, you know, people, I kind of think of like people have paid us as a, like a sat nav for their results. So like, I want to get to this destination. I'm going to be like, right, take this road, this road, this road. And there might be some details along the way or they might just go, you know what, I'm going to pull over for a little bit. You know what, I don't want to go down that road. I'm going to go down this road. Okay, well, that's going to take you longer but it's more scenic. Cool. Enjoy it. And you get that thing where, you know, people, and I've had it this week, I think, or maybe it was last week, when someone's had like had three glasses of wine, you're like, okay, do you feel that you need to have three glasses of wine? Or could you get away with just having one? And people are like, well, honestly, believe me, this is better than it was before, before it had been two bottles or something. Like, right, obviously, and that's fantastic. That's a massive improvement mindset-wise. But your mindset improvements or, you know, your choices won't always reflect on the scales immediately. You're not kind of paying me to get this 
you know, this goal, whatever that is, whatever you set, whether it's weight loss, or whether it's a size or, you know, whether it's a feeling or whatever it is. And I'm telling you that if we keep going down this path, we might not reach that, you know, in the time frame that you've put. So again, it's, it's that differentiating again, like you said, like, are you willing to take on board this? It's not criticism, it's guidance. And I always kind of make this really clear with all my clients. Like, I just give you advice. I'm never going to tell you do this or don't do that. I'm never going to say this is right and this is wrong. I'm just going to give you advice to get to where you have asked me to take you to. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, if we say that, like, three glasses of wine, but it's better than before. Okay, cool. I mean, you know, the, the kind of magnetism work. The analogy that I normally use, love a good analogy, is if I normally go out with the lads on a Friday night, oi, oi, never going to happen. And I get, you know, I drink 15 pints, 100% never going to happen. Maybe 15 <laughs> pints of water, 15 pints in a month. Say I drink 15 pints normally, and then on the way back, I get a pizza and I get a doner kebab. And I go, right, you know what, James? You're on a diet. Let's be sensible about this. You're just going to have eight pints, and you're just going to have the pizza. You're not going to have the doner kebab. Or you're going to have a chicken kebab, or whatever it is. That is obviously a huge improvement mindset. And I've got in and I've said, right, I'm going to stick to these limits. I'm going to do this and we do that. And, you know, eight pints compared to 15 pints, huge save in the calories. Uh, chicken kebab as opposed to a pizza and a doner kebab. Never actually eaten a doner kebab before, ever. Or salad cream or brown sauce. There you go. Now you know three things about me. Um, it's a huge save in calorie-wise. But the fact is, I've still drunk eight pints and eaten a takeaway. So I'm still taking a shitload of calories. So the odds of me losing weight that week, just because I didn't do what I normally do, are going to be slimmer than I am. So again, it's, it's huge mindset and it's great control and all that. But we have, as coaches, have to make people aware of these things. You know, I often say to people, like, you know, in the first few weeks when they've been like, you know, right, add pork sausages, add, you know, mashed potato, green beans, stuff like that. Fantastic. Great meal. Hitting protein, hitting veg, complex carbohydrates, cool. But what we need to be aware of is pork sausages are really high in fat. I don't care if you go for the bunches or not, don't give me that. It's still high in fat. That's why they're delicious. You know, mashed potato, pretty high in carbs, you know, did you put butter on this, blah, blah, blah. So just the kind of making people aware of like, this meal's great, but we need to be aware it's high in calories. And again, it's just giving people that awareness so they can make those informed choices. I feel like I've gone off on a slight tangent there. I was thinking that. Another podcast. Aye, <laughs> aye. <laughs> Bonus. 10% yes. free. Good. I think yeah, that sums up. So I would just say, to sum up, to summarise, expect to mess up, whether you deem that as a failure or not. It's not going to be failure. Expect to mess up. Expect to make a slip. Expect to make choices that you're not happy with. The difference is, learn from them. Grow from them change your approach to them. See, look at it, sit down and just go, right, why do I think I did that? What can I do different? How can I prevent that from happening again? What's the easiest way of me never doing that again? And what's the hardest way of me doing that? Falls into the habit one that we did last week. Um, so expect it, don't fear it. And again, just grow from it. If you waste that slip up, then it's a waste. There you go. Like a lyrical poet. <laughs> good yes absolutely right as always thank you very much for joining us um, love peace and hair grease bye bye Magnus Sharon see you later